Shepard, this is your captain, Ace Diceman, and my first mate, Mr. Cooper. It's time to roll initiative. On today's episode, we're going to be talking about your class and you. Mr. Cooper, what's today's class? Today's class, let me roll my d20. Okay, uh, that was a, let's see, that's a natural 20, so we will be talking about the bard, sir. The bard. And I, I do believe that there's a lot of modern-day bards out there, especially in lockdown. I think we've all picked up uh, trying our hand at podcasting and becoming YouTubers and whatnot. And and I think that the biggest thing with the bard class is inspiration and keeping people entertained. Now, bards are described in the uh, Dungeons & Dragons uh, manual as bards thrive on stories, whether those stories are true or not. Character's background and motivations are not as important as the stories as he or she tells about them. Perhaps you can secure a mundane, or perhaps you had a secure and mundane childhood. There's no good story that can be told about that. So you might paint yourself as an orphan raised by a hag in a dismal swamp, or your childhood might be worthy of a story. Some bards acquire their magical music through extraordinary means, including inspiration or fae or other supernatural creatures. So I think you're right when you say about uh, podcasts and people telling stories. That certainly seems in line with what the uh, creators of the game decided. Well, you know, now that now that I hear that read out loud again, uh, when I do get my butt out of the dungeon master's seat and into the player's pants, um, I do find myself migrating toward Bard, and I think that says something about me as a person because, you know, the the whole thing what we do here is we spin you these epic tales. So yes, I would consider us modern day real life bards. Um, I, I hope that our words do inspire you, and I hope that you know, with a little help from the internet, we can put a little magic into these shows for you. Now, uh, bards generally have equipped light armor. Simple weapons, hand crossbows, longswords, rapiers, and short swords. I know I've certainly seen them with rapiers. But you have also um, worked at where um, bards or rogues have sort of like a flintlock as well. Is that uh, something that's, that's usually like a homebrew, or how does that work for you? Yeah, you're feel free to completely exclude firearms from your campaign. Um, there's, I think they're listed in the Dungeon Master's Guide. I know they were for 3.5. I know that um, because I use D&D Beyond, I'm able to get to Matt Mercer's content or Critical Role content, and they do have firearms on there. I do believe Percy uh, was the, was the um, reason that they added the firearms to critical role in the first place and they just kind of stuck i treat them kind of like a crossbow um but of course they're not going to be a stealthy weapon there's going to be you know that that powder bang that loud explosion um now one thing that i've noticed in in uh, my play is that um bards are very useful at low levels where they tend to survive a little bit better than some of the other characters just starting out maybe like a one through five um, these guys are, they're pretty, they're pretty, um, pretty good at handling like these low level adventures. Yeah. I think that the, the, the Jack of all trades kind of skill monkey that is the bard, they fill a lot of niches in the party role. And especially with fifth edition, you really customize your character the way you want. And I think bard is versatile just, just on its own. And with all the subclasses that it offers and just, you know, the, the, the um, backgrounds really add a little extra flavor to it. It's like, is your bard the hopeless romantic charlatan? Uh, you know, are they are they weaseling their way into the hearts and pants of the NPCs? 
um, possibly even a player character to like? Or are they the happy-go-lucky fool with the entertainer background um, and you know, they're just an inspiration, kind of the party mascot? Or do they have a dark and sinister background in the criminal franchise and they've decided to put their expertise into picking locks and pockets, um, choosing rather than to steal the hearts than to actually steal the valuables? Um, this uh, reminds me a little bit of uh, the craze that kind of took over maybe a couple months ago with The Witcher. You know, that's a perfect example of great use of a bard. Um, now, in the games, he's known as Dandelion, and uh, he's kind of a coward and a ne'er-do-well and all that. Uh, he doesn't have any spell slots or any abilities or anything along those. He doesn't even have a sword. But, um, I mean, he does have a catchy hook. Toss a coin to your witcher! Yeah, I, I, I got caught up in the coin tossing to your witcher myself. Um, he's, I'd say he really makes use of the bardic inspiration is where he's really shining. Um, and, and that's one good thing you want to do if you're actually going to sit down and play a bard. Don't just play the pervert that, that you know, again, is trying to get with everything with a heartbeat. Um, I know that's become the running gag. There's a lot of memes about it. And it's, it's funny. The tropes funny, you know, uh, or they say tropes are a thing because they work. Um, but with the bard, especially, like I said, with fifth edition's fully customizable system, you could build a bard who is the coward and is strictly support, you know, grab your healing word or cure light wounds spell, um, your, your vicious mockery while it will deal damage. Um, it's not dealing a lot, but it will impose, I do believe disadvantage on the uh, on the next row, I could be getting it mixed up with cutting words, uh, which is the main ability of the College of Lore Bard. Which, in my opinion, I love the College of Lore Bard. I, I think it's got some of the best abilities uh, for the Bard. Um, I'm currently working on a swashbuckler Bard myself because pirates are just as much about you know bravado and and this character and reputation as they are about the actual deeds they did um well what you were talking about the um the bonus proficiencies there your your college of lore at level three you can get cutting words and then um at level six additional magic secrets and uh then at level 14 peerless skill so that's yeah. your college of lore and then there's college of valor which would give you combat inspiration, extra attack, or battle magic, and then um, I think there's yeah I think those are the those are the two. Those um, are the two, and Xanathar's Guide released the Sword Bard, which just completely made the the player's handbook uh, Valor Bard pretty much irrelevant. It, it just it, the Sword Bard does it better, I think. Um, you know that that's up to your place. So I'm not going to tell you how to build your character. Um, because that's that's what that's what these class class classes, if we will, are going to be about finding the class that fits you, finding what you want to play. And that's the biggest thing with new players. They go, well, what can I play? And I say, well, there's a whole list of things that I could throw at you. I said, why don't you tell me what interests you? And, and I'll start pointing you in a direction I think you want to go. Um, you know, if I may steal from Skyrim here, they had the make <laughs> They had the mage, the warrior, and the thief. And, and that's basically what you're looking at here. Are you are you a caster? Are you stealthy? Or are you combat-driven? And again, the bard can fill all three roles. We just went over the, the valor bard and, the, and the, the sword college bard. They pick up a little more combat prowess. 
Um, the lore bard grabs two spells from any of the other classes' um, spell lists. And now those are not additional. You don't get two extra ones. They replace two spells that you would normally uh, have access to um, as far as in the old brain bank there. Um, they're not bonus they're not bonus spells known. You can add them in lieu of two bard spells, uh, which is great because then you know you've got a bard that's whipping out fireball if you want to go combat, or you've got a bard that has access to, especially at higher levels, spells that they wouldn't normally get. Um, you know, it, just, it really opens the options up. Uh, if you really wanted to waste it on fine familiar, I suppose you could. I think I'd rather burn a feat for that. Um, but you well, know, one I, of the I, things I think about barges, uh, bards is that barges choose is that um, if you're heavy into role play, this is your character. This is the one where if you want to ham it up, if you want to sing a song, you know, if you really want to entertain the people that you're playing with, if you want to put a lot into your performance of a character, I think a bard is the way to go. Yes, and it doesn't just have to be a musical bard either. You could have a bard that likes to read poetry. Um, you could have a bard that. It has a little more, uh, a little higher intelligence score than normal, and is kind of a bookworm. And rather than give an inspiring song, he gives an inspiring speech, um, or just uses his words. He weaves magic into his words in such a way that th that's where it comes from. His his voice is his arcane focus. Um, yeah, that's a good point. That's uh, you know, and, and that's uh, kind of what we're looking to do is inspire people to build these characters, and it could be something different. You know, um, I've I've seen before where instead of using like the trademark lute or a flute or a pan flute, you know, people are using bagpipes or they're using a drum or like you said, using using books and using speech patterns and things like my that. So, my next joke bard is going to use a cowbell and only cast. Him <laughs> <on the floor>. <laughs> uh. <laughs> He Wait. doesn't fear the Reaper. <laughs> yeah, I may, I may have to. Cro well, you know what? That's it. I'm cross-classing into Death Domain cleric, and I am going <laughs> to grab that. That don't fear the Reaper. That don't fear the Reaper build. Um, but yeah, that that's one of the things I like. You can really build a character within a character, and if you take Charlatan, we're going to really go deep here. You you're playing a character that's playing another character, like. The, the charlatan background literally says you have papers and a false identity. And if you want to go really, really, I mean, just the whole way down the rabbit hole here, Alice, uh, grab the changeling as your race. You'll have to clear that with your DM first because they are one of those, I do believe, Faerun um, Last War book races where they're not in the standard player's handbook um again you can grab them off D, D beyond you can buy just that particular race or you can buy the race pack bundle um i do know that if you buy it initially and change your mind later and come back for more they do give you a discount on that so don't worry um but with changeling you can actually take on multiple appearances so just imagine here's your uh austin powers master of disguise you've gone changeling for the race charlatan background now you're a bard uh your expertise is in disguise kit you're just you're never the same person twice um you're your own biggest fan in fact you know you you can you can spread tales and especially with the non-combat bards what better way to prevent a fight than making people not want to fight you in the first place and as you spin your own tale and tell people you know these epic deeds that you didn't do 
Uh, you know, they start to become believable and, and no one's going to mess with that guy. You don't, you don't mess around with Jim. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, um, excellent Jim Croce song reference there, but, um, so, <laughs> so one of the things about creating a bard, they recommend for a quick build, you can make a bard quickly by following these suggestions. First charisma should be your highest ability followed by dexterity. Second, choose the entertainer background as Andy was saying, um, or charlatan, but, um, third, choose the ability dancing lights and vicious mockery cantrips along with the following first level spells, charm person, detect magic, healing word and thunder wave. I have had so much fun playing with thunder wave. Let me tell you, <laughs> I normally, it normally doesn't make it into my, uh, uh, spell armory, if you will. Um, I, I normally go with uh, Unseen Servant, Mage Hand. Uh, I do like the Charm Person, but once it wears off, they know that they've been charmed. And if your Charisma score is not cheeky enough to get away with that, uh, you're going to find yourself in a big, bigger pickle than you were before. <laughs> a lot of times, I think I would try to charismatically charm first. And if that went uh, sideways, I would then... Um, jump ship and go with the charm person and get my little, my little legs out of there as quick as my halfling body can carry me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, do you, do you feel that there are certain um, races that are more keen to being bards? Absolutely. And you'll find that with every class. Um, humans, of course, are the most versatile, uh, you know, they can fit any role anywhere. Um, you'll find that the orc probably doesn't lend itself to role-playing a bard very well. That's not to say that you have to build an optimized build. You absolutely do not. You can have fun being the biggest stinker in the group. Um, and they did away with the negative modifiers that 3.5 used to have. So it's not like you, it's not like you'll be at a severe disadvantage. But to get the most mileage out of your bard, you're really going to want to take something that's got that charisma bonus because that's fueling. Your charisma saves, that's fueling your spell casting, that's fueling your uh, bardic inspiration uses, which in turn fulfill your cutting words, and uh, I think it's your sword flourishes, or there's something, there's another, all the bard subclasses run off of that, that's D6, which would go up to a D8 later, and I think all the way up to a D12 eventually. Um, but yeah, you're, you're gonna you're gonna want that and it runs off the modifier, not the number itself. So even sitting at 16, you're getting three uses per rest. And I do believe that's the long rest. Um, so you, you gotta, you gotta make those count. Um, I think it also affects your, might affect your song of rest. I think that die goes up on its own and you can only do it once or twice. I don't think you get any bonus hit points off of that. Um, but one of the feats I like to take is the Inspiring Leader. Um, a lot of the times, I like to give my players a feat at level one if it thematically makes sense. And I think that, that Inspiring Leader is a good feat to give uh, possibly even the face of the group. If someone's like, hey, I'm going to be the, the de facto leader of this group, can I please have this bonus feat in the form of inspiring leader and it's like okay you know yeah i'll give it to you but you're really gonna have to role play it because you're getting one more feat than anyone else is getting granted it's not the greatest feat in the game but temporary hit points uh for 10 minutes you know if you, especially if you know you're about to go into a dungeon or the big battle like those hit points are really going to pay off especially at lower levels 
because, you know, you're a very squishy bag of meat at that point. Uh, you know, granted, you get your max hit die. And for the Bard, I do believe it's, I do believe they get a, an eight. Hmm. Well, just just to add to what you were saying. Um, Where's one of our new of this... player packs? That's got the dice cheat sheet in it. That'll tell us exactly what they get. I don't have well, Just to add, um, font of inspiration, uh, beginning when you reach fifth level, you regain all of your experience uses of bardic inspiration when you finish a short or long rest. So at level five, it's pretty darn useful. And again, still, level five is not you know a super high level. But I mean, if you're fighting like a really hard... Um, sort of uh, boss battle or something like that, that could be invaluable. You know, I, I think I sold that. I did. I sold the new player kit prototype pack that I had in here. Uh, I have more prototype packs, but I don't have it directly in front of me, but I'm almost positive. Well, if you got the book there, uh, yep. I do believe it is a D8 for hit points, which isn't too shabby. And which uh, which one was that again, sir? The bard, the bard hit die. Uh, yes, one d eight um, or five plus your constitution modifier. Gotcha. Yeah, because you can you get eight at first level, um, plus your constitution modifier, and then after that you'll either get the the one above average plus your constitution modifier, or you can risk rolling for it. Um, I myself do not have the lucky feat, so I just take the average. Uh, it'd be a shame for the wizard to end up with more hit points than the barbarian. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would. I mean, I, I just be, I would probably rage. I would be just a little bit salty about that if you know, Muscles McGee has less meat about him than uh, Gandalf the Gangly. <laughs> But yeah, like I said, you don't have to optimize your builds. Uh, a lot of players do, and just because you're playing with someone who optimized their build does not mean that they're a power gamer or a min-maxer, um, which Dungeons & Dragons veterans will know we're talking about. New players uh, are probably a little unsure, but you know, feel free to come over to our Facebook page and, and have a look around, and we'll get you the information you need. Yep, you, you can find us at Epic Tales of the RPG. Presented by Amalgamania on Facebook. That's right. And while you're there, hop on over to Amalgamania as well for all things nerdy. Oh, definitely. I mean, that's 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 actually what got me into doing the Facebook group, and that's what's got me sitting here doing this podcast today. I can honestly say that I've met some amazing people through Amalgamania and... You know, you never know what you're going to find. They do a lot of giveaways, but the real prize is the people you meet. That's uh, well said. Almost, almost uh, bardic. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully that will strike some inspiration and get those fingers a clicking. But finish the finish the podcast first, please, please. <laughs> Don't migrate away from us so quickly. They'll be there. What they'll be there after the podcast, I assure you. Um, so that's but a pretty, on... pretty thorough discussion of the Bard, and um, I think that we've given people some good ideas of how to start off a Bardic character, what to go for, and um, I, I think it's really valuable what you're saying about the feats for them to start and work for there. Yeah, and, and you know what? I think what we'll do is we'll put a poll up on our Facebook page and let, let, the, uh, let the members vote for what class they want to cover next. Oh, good idea. 
That way we're not ramming our favorites down your throat. I mean, like I said, I, I thought that Bard would be a good a good one to cover because not only is it near and dear to my heart, but uh, it, it fits the it fits what we're trying to do here. We are trying to create these epic tales. And that is what the Facebook group is really about. Is I wanted a place where people could come and share their stories. Kind of a virtual tavern, if you will. Um, judgment free, you know, come over. D don't be shy, you know, don't don't worry if you got some misspelled words. We're not going to call you out on that. Um, I, I love reading backstories. I love writing backstories. If you want help with a backstory, I'll be more than happy to help. Captain, I, I hate to tell you this, but it looks like we're headed towards a random encounter. Oh, no. Today's random encounter, the giant spider, classified as a large beast, unaligned, armor class of 14, hit points 26, speed 30 feet, it can climb 30 feet, strength 14, dex 16, constitution 12, intelligence 2, wisdom 11, and charisma 4. Surprisingly, for a giant spider, that's a lot of charisma, I would say. So, um... As, as your bard character, how are we going to take down this giant spider, Captain? Well, I'll tell you what. Your fearless captain is going to cower in the corner while the rest of the crew handles the giant spider because, much like in real life, I like to roleplay that this particular bard is uh, arachnophobic. Ah, see? You're, you're throwing a little little extra, too. So, um, random encounter. Um, spiders here, it says that they can climb difficult surfaces. Um they have web sense. They can sense you with their webs and then they can walk on webs. However, this is a pirate ship. So how it would climb on, we would probably hose it off or knock it down with a bucket of uh, mop water and back into the sea. So it uh, looks like we've survived this random encounter, Captain. Good job, crew. Now I'm going to go change out of my brown pants. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I don't like, I do not like spiders in real life. I do, in fact, role play my particular bard as a bit of a coward. Now, uh, the Scarlet Siren, who I will be playing when we get to do our Dungeon Apprentice game, um, she will not be afraid of spiders. Uh, she is the fearless leader, and she will probably uh, would probably um, kill Hall <laughs> any coward that turned tail and fled from the combat. Uh, but yeah, so, I, that's that's the thing you got to worry about, wandering monsters. One thing I wanted to ask you about is you said that uh, your Scarlet uh, uh, Pirate there has a feat that I found particularly impressive. Uh, could you talk about that feat? We're going over the Inspiring Leader. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah, let me just check my notes here real quick on my beautiful character sheet. Oh, look at that. Fears, hates, hates land. Feel free to jazz up your character with uh, a few of those little. Um, I, I actually found a character sheet that does have a section for that. It adds a little more depth to your character. I mean, if you're going to play a role, then you should really get out there and play the whole role. Um, bear with me here. My pages are sticking together. I know that you can, I know that you give a 10 minute speech and it adds temporary hit points but I don't want to misquote it here I'd like to get it Would you call that a filibuster I mean Yeah I guess you could you really uh 
You really could. And I'm in the wizard section. Where are they hiding the feats in this thing? Probably rated this little yellow sticky note that I stuck in here. Yeah, that says feats. There's a little yellow sticky note here. Uh, actors. That's right, Captain. One. Inspiring leader. All right, there is a little bit of a twist here. Uh, to be an inspiring leader, you've got to have charisma. In this case, 13 or higher. Uh, you spend 10 minutes inspiring your comrades, shoring up their resolve to fight. When you do so, choose up to six friendly creatures, which can include yourself, within 30 feet of you, whom can both see and hear you. Uh, oh, they must also be able to understand you. Each creature gains temporary hit points equal to your level, plus your charisma modifier. So I was right. It, it did factor in somewhere. I, I, I knew it was healing words or something. I was getting the two mixed up. Um, as you do when you remember as many roles as dungeon masters do. Uh, that's why you should know your character better than the dungeon master so he can keep focused on the, the game and keep the story moving. A creature cannot gain temporary hit points from this feat until it has finished a short or long rest. Okay, yeah, so you, you have to have... Huh. Doesn't say again... A creature cannot gain temporary hit points from this feat again until it has finished a shorter long rest. Okay, so uh, if you've got a party over six, you can do it more than once, but only once per rest. Gotcha. Still seems, still seems pretty useful. Yeah, yeah, It's and it says friendly creatures, so this could be NPC allies or two. This doesn't have to be the party. It doesn't say you can't do it again. It just says that they can't gain the benefits again. So, yeah, if the party's been split, you can inspire half the group to find the others. And uh, once you've dusted them off from whatever horror you just rescued them from, um, you can then inspire those party members as well. Outstanding. I was looking at the other ones. Um, Lucky seems pretty good. I could see an argument for linguist and um, actor. Another one that we didn't really get to talk about, but that seems like that would go uh, kind of hand in hand with um, with this one. Yeah, actor was the other one with changeling. Actor, changeling, charlatan, bard is just this big meatball of of role play and as bravado, and you really you really got to ham that one up um, if you're putting that much effort into the build. And you're not just power gaming it. You, you're you're doing that because you want to play this role. You are playing this master of disguise, this this person uh, that that's constantly changing. And that the changelings can change their to any of the humanoid races, I do believe. Um, so it's also good for people that can't quite decide on how their character wants to look. And if if you're playing in the theater of the mind. Uh, you can envision yourself as an elf one session and an orc the next. Or if you have a fear of commitment. Yeah, that too. <laughs> that too. Uh, as many bards apparently do, because they'll just make uh, make home in any old port. Any port in a storm, so to speak. It sounds but, uh, right. Well, I think we're gonna we're gonna swab the old deck down here and take ourselves a short rest and we'll be back next week or maybe not, maybe not an exact week, week um, 
We'll be back in the near future with the next episode once we find out what class you guys want to hear about. You can reach out to us at the Epic Tales of Epic Tales Podcast or Epic Tales of RPG presented by Amalgamania on Facebook. All right, Mr. Cooper. Um, give me one moment here if you'd like to. Oh, you know what? You yourself are a bit of a bard and do, in fact, have your own podcast if you'd like to. You can you can find my stuff on uh, the Fantastic Podcast. So um, I'm on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and um, any place that you can find podcasts. That's the Fan-Tastic Podcast. All right. Well, Mr. Cooper, good night, good work, sleep well. I'll most likely kill you in the morning. Thank you, Captain. As for the rest of you, be good to yourselves, be good to each other. Good luck, happy gaming. Ahoy there, adventurers. Are you looking to set sail on an epic adventure of your very own and hoist your own colors? Well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make your very own podcast, and it's free. There's a variety of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your very own podcast right from your computer, and Anchor will even publish your podcast for you, making it available on other apps such as Spotify, iTunes. You can even extract the files and upload them to YouTube. Adventurers, Gurky here with a very special discount code from Mythical Meats. Use code NEOBOG15 for a very special 15% off one order.